Buglers, we are live from Leicester Square Theatre on the 16th of September with Chris Addison and Alice Fraser. It might be our only London date of the year, so get your tickets now. Oh, get them at thebuglepodcast.com. That, that bit's important. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is a podcast from The Bugle. Hi, welcome to Catharsis, the podcast where I lend a friendly ear to some friends who need to get issues off their chests. I'm like a therapist, but free and therefore completely unqualified. I will be digging into pet peeves, old wounds and unpopular opinions. You can sweat the small stuff with me. This week I'm joined by baker, author and irritatingly funny for someone who doesn't do it professionally person, (laughs) Lottie Bedlow. Uh, before I get into my guest problems, I like to kick off with a little whinge of my own. So I've been pondering on the fact that I recently got married in my 40s. But if it was a couple of hundred years ago, I think I would have been deemed a witch because I'm unmarried, a wicked stepmother, not to mention the cupboard full of penises. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure whether you're aware of this, Lottie, or even the listeners. But uh, I mean, they might be rubber ones. But apparently in the Middle Ages, witches would steal penises and keep them as pets. So, ladies, if you have a vibrator, you are a modern witch. This is mental news. <laughs> no, I've dropped in early doors with a bomb, with an info bomb. So, back in the old days, to test if you were a witch, they used to drown you, or try and drown you, throw you in the river. If you sank, then you were innocent, but dead. If you swam, then you were definitely a witch and to be burnt. So, there was no way of winning, really. But I think we need more modern tests for witchiness and I would propose these ones right uh, if you can apply eyeliner equally across both eyes yeah you're really good at that Lottie I think you could be a witch um, yeah, yeah and tip. also if you can sneeze without a little bit of wee coming out I can do that too oh you are a witch I'm a I'm a bona fide witch please please do not curse me <laughs> <laughs> on this one I would try and be very kind on this podcast today thank you for joining me we have a couple of sections we like to talk about. The first one, normally to get guests to open up, I like to start with an old grudge. So something from the past that's been bugging you or a situation that happened. It could be someone at work, at school, an old friend where you wish you'd handled it differently or you just want to get it off your chest and have a moan about it. Yeah, well, I have to say first things first, like this podcast is is the best podcast I've ever been on because this is what I do every day alone <laughs> and uh I and I and I just complain about everything that goes on in my life uh past present future even <laughs> and um and now I have an opportunity to do that and um and and you've actually asked me to because I'm one of those <laughs> annoying people that will give you all of that opinion without being asked so yeah <laughs> unsolicited uh, yeah exactly exactly I'm a nightmare to hang out with but this is the perfect event for me so thank you for having me firstly there were so many 
to choose from. <laughs> I um, love it. But, but my past grudges, I think, I don't think I hold on to grudges because if I did, I would be convicted for murder. Um, <laughs> so I have to let some of them go. But there's one that I think of a lot at this time of year, which is um, it's, it's a Valentine's Day grudge. So I was let's say I reckon I was around six. Okay. And it was Valentine's day. And I received in the post with a proper like address to me with a proper stamp, a Valentine's day card. And I opened it up and it was hand drawn, beautiful heart on the front, opened it up. And it just said love from question mark. And I was made up. I went into school. I was showing all my mates absolutely made up never found out who it was from. That was exciting. It happened again the next year and the next year. It happened every year. Same card, hand-drawn, question mark. Basically gave me the confidence and belief that I had a secret admirer who was sticking (laughs) with me through thick and thin, right? So whatever I did, however shit my year was, it didn't matter because age 11, you know, I, I failed my exams, whatever. I got this Valentine's Day card. It didn't matter what I did. This person still loved me. I was Someone like, I was loving up. you. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, got to about, I think the reality is I was 15. Okay. And uh, the Valentine's Day card um, came through the post. And at 15, I'm at an all girls school, right? Shit's getting real. I want to <laughs> know who this is, this person. So I kind of started thinking, okay, so is there a weirdness that there's a person in my life who I assume is this gorgeous man who has been a secret admirer of mine since I was six. Is that a problem? Is that problematic? I think it's a problem. <laughs> so I was like, okay, so he Check could be his a hard pe- drive. Do you know what I mean? Like, he could be a pedo. This could be a problem. So I, t- I saw, you know, I'll, I'll turn to my mum and, and I'll say to her, look, I, this is a bit embarrassing. I've got a secret admirer. He's been in my life since I was about six and uh, yeah, and, and I've got the card again today and, and it's been the same card and I've been saving them. So I've got several to show you as evidence. And I want to know who this guy is and, and I'm torn up about it and I, and I don't know what to do. And, and she just said, darling, um, I just wanted you to feel loved. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> and like, it's lovely, right? It's a lovely gesture. But I went through all of those kind of really formative teenage years being like, don't worry about it that you're the last one picked on a school dance. Don't worry about it that no one fancies you and everyone thinks you're weird looking. Don't worry about it that because I've made up, I've got a secret admirer and he's on the shelf ready to kind of come in, sweep me off my feet when I'm of age. And that just wasn't real. <laughs> livid I, well, I I love this story and I'll tell you why I love it I think we're more similar than we even realized because as you started it I instantly went oh that was your mum because <laughs> I'll tell you why because I got a card from my mum one year that said love question mark and then she put in it brackets mum <laughs> <laughs> So my mum was like doing the same thing as your mum, but she was like, I will absolutely need credit for this. Yeah. I can't let, which is what I love about your mum is it's quite a selfless act. She's like, yeah. I don't need it. I don't need her to know. I just want her to think that someone's thinking of her, but also yeah. it's a long con with your mum. Yeah. It's a long con. So this is, yeah. this is, I can understand your annoyance at this. Like this yeah. has gone on over years it's too long you know but I get it from her point of view that like when do you stop because when do you want when do you want her to stop feeling like when do you want your daughter to to not feel loved anymore what about if she hadn't sent it on that 15th year 
I would have been like, right, well, what did I do wrong that my secret admirer doesn't love me anymore? Yes, so, it could be know. when you got a partner or when you were seeing someone who had a boyfriend or whatever. And then yeah, she... fat chance, no chance of that at that age. <laughs> Absolutely at not. At 15, I mean, I was out and about like, yeah, I got a boyfriend. I think, yeah, I think no. when I was 14 or 15, all of the girls in my area referred to it as seeing someone. Nice. Like it wasn't a commitment of boyfriend, you know, at yeah. that age, as if to go, there could be multiple yeah that's I mean it's a lovely dream at that age for me (laughs) at an all-girls school I tell you we had eyes on the caretaker who was definitely 65 and um had no hair and uh, that was the only male on the grounds and so everyone was like oh would you yeah I reckon I would that's how desperate we were (laughs) so having this feeling that I had this secret admirer was big news so to find out that it was a lie sort of sent me over to be honest oh your mum if she's listening what's your mum's name Julia Julia, this many years down the line and Lottie's had to come and talk about it on my podcast. <laughs> so basically what you've done is psychologically scarred your daughter. Yeah. And, and I get the, for life, I get the intention behind it. It was quite sweet, but I do think, I do think it's a long con. <laughs> like, yeah. I remember maybe she was locked in, like you say, once she'd done the first couple, she was like, well, I can't stop now because, yeah. you know, maybe she'll think that she's done something. Yeah. But also, was there a clue in the in the fact that the cards were so beautiful? Did yeah. you think, I wonder who this guy is that sent these beautiful, yeah. very... Yeah, and listen, Tiff, like, my mum, my she's a nurse, but also an artist. So you would have thought <laughs> um, at you some point I would have put two and two, but no, I just thought, no, no, they've got a lovely collection of watercolours, haven't they? <laughs> this is nice penmanship. Yeah. Oh, I love the idea of you at, like you know like 10 years old going like full detective yeah and going right I'm gonna go and take it to someone who analyzes handwriting yeah I was <laughs> yes, that well, close these are very maternal strokes we have here a deeply caring <laughs> and artistic person you're like oh, who could he be <laughs> thank you for sharing that that's awesome I love it because it is super cute as well you know everything else aside I think it's very cute that mum's are looking for their daughters going, you must know that you're loved. I must make you feel like, and almost like fighting back against society because they can't get rid of Valentine's Day. They can't stop it from happening. Um, so the only way that most mums can deal with it for their daughters is to, to by kind of going, if we all have to participate in this weird sort of capitalist day where yeah. people try and sell flowers and chocolates is we can make our girls feel like someone loves them. Yeah, it's slightly ironic, though, isn't it? That between mother and daughter through those years, like you literally hate each other. So at no point, do you know what I mean? There was no point where I thought, oh, yeah, my mum loves me. Nah, I was like, yeah, she wants me out the door. And quite frankly, I don't want to be here. (laughs) I tell you what, I have, I mean, I've written a whole Edinburgh show about it. My show's called Sexy Brain at the moment, and it is about my brain and how it works um and my mum's brain and how it works and there's sort of a like you're the only person I'd go to if I was really really in trouble but you're the only person I don't want to be around so it's that yeah it's that push and pull isn't it and some of mum's behavior that you kind of look at now and you go yeah that's mad I don't know why you're doing that I mean I talk about non-pliments because my mum does this thing where it sounds like it's going to be a compliment and then she pulls the rug away oh yeah and uh and and I it's a weird form of protection because mums are afraid that their daughters are going to go out into the world and other people are going to expose their flaws Mm. so they're like don't worry I got that for you 
Yeah, like we got the, that covered. Here's yeah. a list. Here's yeah. a list. So you can never be surprised. No one out there is going to hurt you because I'm your mum and I care about you so deeply. I don't want them to get at you. So it's actually like a really, it's a weird form of protection. Anyone out there in the ether who wants to send a card, just send a Valentine's card. Make it really blokey. And then mm-hmm. that way, Lottie will be certain that, that it didn't come from her mum. Yeah, that would be great. Thanks, guys. No, no, <laughs> I'm not putting out my address. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> yeah. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This section of the podcast we like to call topical cream. It's where we apply some balm to a, a stingy news story that's got you got you all irritated and itchy. I don't know why I'm making it sound like it's thrush. <laughs> um, but, you know, why not? It's irritating and recurring. What's happening at the moment that's really that's really got under your skin? Okay, so this this section I found really difficult because the thing that's got me pissed off in the news is the news. That's where I'm going with this. Okay. I am absolutely fed up with the news being as depressing as it is. The world is on fire. Um, We can't afford to live. Uh, Energy prices through the roof and yet um, they're paying out the biggest bonuses ever in the energy companies. Um, Everyone's on strike because we can't survive in the current climate. Ukraine, I can't tell you the list of things that makes me think my head is going to explode. And I just think I can't, I can't take it all on. Love Island in the mix as well. I can't be, (laughs) do you know what I mean? Like I can't do it all. And so I kind of, I sit there and I think, how do I best approach my day? And I'll look at my phone and my Apple news and my, you know, all that stuff pops up and I take one look at it and I just think, no, no, I can't. (laughs) Not today. I can't do today. I can't do the news. So I just think that that's my overwhelming gripe is that I don't, I I want to find a way of getting through life with being completely unaware of what's going on around me. That's, that's my main kind of plan. Uh, Haven't worked out how to do it yet. So any tips? Any tips gratefully received. Okay. I completely understand this because I think I very much during lockdown and the pandemic, I, was reading absorbing reading 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 i'm trying to find out how to stay safe how to keep my family safe etc etc and then there became a point where i read so much that i felt so utterly bleak that i was like if i'm to survive this period of time i have to disengage from news yeah or at the very least filter what reaches me 
And I think Bill Hicks years ago had a bit of stand up that was great about like kind of you watch the news and you get full of fear and then you look out the window and you go, oh, it's the same. I'm walking down the road. Nothing has fundamentally changed to me. And that doesn't mean that you can't care or engage with stuff, but it is about maintaining your own personal like level of like, it's not even contentedness, but we do have to sometimes engage in what is it like an active, not disassociation, but like that we have to pretend some things aren't happening in order to get on with our day. So yeah. I, I always think about it like if I see a homeless person, I might stop and give a couple of people money and then I see another person and yeah. then I start getting into, oh God, what am I doing? Like, I can't fix this. And you start in your mind going, I feel awful. I feel awful because I'm about to have dinner and that person can't have dinner and I'm going to go yeah. home to my bed and that person, you know, so you, as human beings in order to survive, it's a survival instinct. We just, we need to be able to disengage from stuff. So And I do think as well that we handle all of this very differently to Americans because, because America is like the home of that rolling news coverage, you know, that 24 hour news cycle ticker tape. Right. But they go to therapy. Yeah. (laughs) And here like therapy isn't, I mean, maybe more in like modern times uh, and this podcast uh, included, like we're saying, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, like Americans are more happy to sort of say, Whereas here, we don't. We're like, what are you doing going to see a professional to fix your problems? You save that for Christmas dinner. We have that out <laughs> around the turkey, mate. Like, so as British people, we're we're bottlers, right? We like to yeah. bottle up our emotions until they explode. So so my tips are like sort of trying to, try to curate. I mean, we're all curating our lives, our existence anyway. But, but you know, like you say, you get your phone out, you start scrolling and then... And then what? Yeah, that's the thing. It, we're completely helpless in it. You just like, read you it go, and then how, you just get cross. How can I go in there and bake something Yeah, when I know that there are people fighting a war in Ukraine? Yeah. Because that's, that, that's the way of thinking, right? Once it starts there, where do you go with it? You're like, well, yeah. am I going to bake a cake for Ukraine? <laughs> like, yeah, that's like, the thing. There's <laughs> no, there is no solution that I can offer. And I think that's where the kind of, that feeling of frustration comes in. So then I kind of develop what is a deeply unattractive apathy towards, um, (laughs) you know, just everything. So politics, I'm not interested. Uh, It makes you look um, uh, stupid and closed minded, but I'm actually okay with that because I'd rather look ignorant than feel incredibly frustrated with what's going on in the world all of the time. I think I read very early doors in the pandemic, a Financial Times article that was like, the next three years are going to be the most ble-. And I was like, I can't get through the next six months if you tell me there's no point because on the other side of this, everything's yeah. going to be so bleak. Like you're basically yeah. saying there's no point. And I get it. You're an economist. That's your job. But also, <laughs> even even within that, even within all of that, is here's a little brain trick, a little switch. He is guessing yeah because you don't know so he's kind of going this is going to happen and this market's going to drop and this one's going to rise and the cost of this is going to go up but if you over and it's all it's all like look i know guys that have scoffed at horoscopes for years but they're futures traders (laughs) right so you know like we're all just having a guess horoscopes is having a guess based on this set of parameters and a star sign on when you're born like stocks and shares are having a guess based yeah. on, you know, 
or futures are having a guess based on this piece of information over here. So, so you can either interpret that information in the most bleak way possible, or you can go, I'm just going to try my best to be all right. I'll, you know, I'll do what I need to do and bake a cake. Bake a cake. And I mean, that is the beauty, though. I mean, you can literally shut anyone up by putting something delicious in front of them, Lottie. Yeah, that's why I still do what I do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that option. I can't offer anything delicious. I was <laughs> some half-baked opinions. But yeah, I I understand it and I appreciate it. And also, if there's anyone listening that has any tips on how to... Um, had to deal with that. Have you taken all the little news apps off your phone, by the way? No, because I, then I feel like I'm going to miss something which could right. be life changing, which it isn't. Yeah. But, you know, it's that feeling that like, what if what if I miss something that, like massive that happens and I'm not going to know? Like, I was really worried that basically I took I, I, I took off my data roaming. So I was about to go on holiday and I was sitting in the airport lounge um, waiting to go on this flight and the Queen died. And I, and around me, right, there was like a ripple of noise in the airport lounge. And it was weird. People started like looking at each other and like sort of like making noises, started talking to each other. And I was like, I don't want to talk to any of these people. Why is everyone <laughs> looking around like that? And then, and then there was this little whisper and it's like, she's died. And then it got passed around. She's died. She's died. And I was like, I don't know what's happening now because I've turned my data roaming off. And this is yeah. why I need to have the news all the time. So I like quickly turn it on. The Queen's died. And I'm like, right. And the thing is, like, what did it matter that it took me five minutes longer than everyone else to know? But in that five minutes, it could have been anything. It yes. could have been anything. It could have been there's a meteor coming. It's got we've got five minutes to live. Like it could have been anything. And so I needed I feel like I need to be in the loop. But I also just want it for the, 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 the life changing shit that's really important. Is there a way of making it? Yeah, you don't need to know if Tommy Fury and Molly may have had their baby. Not interested. <laughs> yeah. I get your fear at going, if I, lo- if I miss it, how do I? But can you set it to just, but then you're just like setting it for bad news. Am I setting it for yeah. big bad news? <laughs> yeah, just, I just want the big bad news. It means I've got five minutes to live. That's all I mm. want to know about. What am I going to do with that information? Do you know what I, I mean? T- set your alert to uh, meteor incoming. Yeah. And that's yeah. it and then you'll yeah and then you'll know <laughs> yeah okay good advice thank you you're welcome i hope you feel a bit better now yeah i feel uh, great now we've hashed that out on to unpopular opinions i like to ask my guest uh about an opinion that they have and i know you have lots of opinions so this is great <laughs> Ooh, she's very opinionated i mean no i mean i i love that you that you have strong opinions so something that you love that everyone else hates or vice versa something that you just don't get share with me your unpopular opinion okay so as as quite rightly as you say this this is a tricky one to whittle down um but what i'm going with is something that i get a lot because i work in food and i talk about food and i look at food all day and this is something that absolutely drives me mad I cannot handle sweet foods in savoury food. <laughs> Similarly, uh, I don't want savoury food in my sweet food. So I'm talking my one thing. Oh, I can't tell you. I'm feeling it now. I can feel it. It's going up my neck, the anger. It's like the rage building. <laughs> Pomegranates in a salad. Ah, what? No. <laughs> Why are you putting pomegranates in a salad? There's no need. The other one, so we're looking at cakes. Don't put courgette in my cake. Don't want parsnips in my cake. Don't be doing that. A cake is a cake and that's for roast dinner. Not interested in those Carrot? Two. No, I don't want it. 
You don't want any root vegetable. I in don't your... want it. And I think with carrot, there's an exception because you just put in a very tiny amount and then you can bulk it up with, you know, some pineapple and some coconut and you can sort of hide it. But, you know, I can't be dealing with the this the, the crossover. I just don't think there's any need. Yeah, it's upsetting you. Do not it's... cross the streams. No, there's no need for it. If you sit down and you want a lovely pudding, you want to eat a lovely sweet pudding. I don't want beetroot in it. I don't want a beetroot brownie. Why have you put it in there? Just because you want to be able to say you've made a brownie out of beetroot. I'm not interested. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, think, want, I don't care. I don't, did I have a beetroot brownie or did I have one with bacon in it? Yeah, you know, <laughs> granted, <laughs> when I was on the show that I was on, when I was on Bake Off, they asked us to do a sweet bread, and I was so cross about having to make a sweet soda bread <laughs> that I put bacon in it because I was just like, this whole concept is, is, is shit. And yeah. here is, here is my maple bacon and blueberry bread that I've made because you've asked me to, but yeah, I, uh, there, it just, it really, really get, gets my go. Oh, I am. This is fascinating to me because I love a bit of it. Like a date wrapped in bacon. Oh No. Like that offsetting of the two, you're like, no, it's it ruins it. I just don't you. like listen, that what is that that we have at Christmas when it's yeah, what Eggs is that? Blankets? Is, no. Yeah, that's the good one. But then is it devil devils on I feel like I'm gonna say devil devil on horseback. Devils on Ooh. horseback. Is that a thing? Have I just made that up? But I think that's what you're talking about when it's a prune a, a yes. prune with bacon. A prune but with like, bacon a, a date, yeah. Yeah. If I think if that happens at Christmas, if it's a traditional thing and it's yeah. something that, you know, you've inherited from your great, great grandma, fine. Cause yeah. it's a nod to tradition. What I'm talking about is like people who are the cutting edge, you know, like the, the top of their game, these chefs trying to push boundaries. Like yeah. there's no need for it. Do you know what there's, I mean? Yeah. We don't want collar. That's such an odd one. Like courgette and a cake. I've not heard yeah. of that. Is that a popular one that's happening yeah, now? All the time. It's all the time people put in that in there. And it always happens in January because people are like, Oh yeah, uh, we need to start eating healthily in January. So I'm going to put like all my vegetables in a cake. I'm not being funny, but to put the vegetables in the cake, you have to counteract that with a shit ton of sugar. Yeah, it is not right. a healthy cake because you put a vegetable in it. Right, oh. right. All you've done is actually up the sugar quotient. Yeah. So that's a, that's an interesting thing that I didn't know. Um, I know very little about baking. Paul does all of the cooking. <laughs> all of the. <laughs> occasionally, we might try and get. I, I think I managed to make a three onion one of Nigella's three onion tarts. Oh, that sounds uh, nice. <laughs> but uh, but that is a mix of because that is. The onion is caramelized and the pastry is quite sweet. So that's, that's a little fine. bit of a... That's okay, that's you're fine. all right with that. Because you've naturally caramelized the onion, right? Yeah. You've yes. naturally... That's you've a not added onion. it into a you've cake. You've not added it in. You've not put one... Yeah, don't put the onion in a cake. <laughs> An onion you you cake. Know, no, I'm not having it. <laughs> a caramelized no. onion cake. Um, no. But I hadn't thought about that. The fact that if you are going to bake with a vegetable, you're, you're just adding more sugar. So actually you're making something less healthy. Yeah. And I mean, the reason that people choose like parsnips to put in a cake is because they naturally have quite high sugar content. But for me, I'm t- I'm going to p- be putting everything in there to disguise the flavour. Do you know what yes. I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but also I got beef with banana bread. So maybe I just don't know. What's your, what's your issue with banana bread? I don't like bananas because they've got string in them and I don't like <laughs> the noise. I don't like the noise. When someone bites a banana, there's something about that. You can hear the fluffy sort of like, 
you know, that uh, I just can't be doing with that noise. You can hear it in their mouth. And so I hate bananas. Um, I don't like the little sticky bit at the end that comes out. It's that hard. I don't like when they're crunchy, you know, like bananas are soft. Um, but yeah. when you buy them in the shop, they're always going to be green. Yes. A little bit green. They've so got you to live in, in your kitchen. Bowl. They live in the kitchen. They're renting. Yeah, they're renters. absolutely what? right. Uh, yeah because then it's like oh have I missed the boat are they have, have they gone over now I've now I've got to make banana bread because they're too too brown to eat I just can't I can't and the string in it I can't I'm gonna clip this out and share it with my stepson because he hates bananas and I've done <laughs> an entire since he was little and an entire lifetime of trying to get him into like a banana split pudding or banana bread or anything banana like a banana milkshake he just will not have it he is he is utterly a bored. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's a vile, by the vile idea flavor. Of it. Um, and I do, because what ends up happening is we don't end up using ours and then you get fruit flies if your bananas yeah. go, go turn a bit. But they are not the one thing that I think in the kitchen that I'm like, I can't have this, which is a butternut squash. Oh. I've never, a butternut squash will just live for six months rent-free. I'm like, I've adopted now. I basically have this... <laughs> vegetable child in my house that is now I don't know what to do with it because it just takes up space in the kitchen and then people go there's loads of great recipes for butternut squash I never do any of them no because it takes 20 minutes to prepare it have you got a knife sharpener have you got a machete out the back just ready to cut it (laughs) doubtful I've never seen anyone not struggle in a home kitchen with with preparing a butternut squash well there you go so and my instinct was correct these, yeah. I hope these kind of tips are in your book, Lottie. Oh, yeah, yeah, the they're all in of, there. This is the kind of thing I love. Uh, thank you for sharing your unpopular opinion. So this is the section of the podcast we occasionally call Oryx to confuse everyone. They're like, what is Oryx? It's a historic cattle. So we're like, old beef, old beef and Oryx. Uh, we bring to the table historical feuds, arguments, debates, rows, and chat about them. And because my guest this week is in the business of cooking, I found this fantastic story about Fanny Craddock, which let's be honest, like an opportunity to discuss Fanny Craddock. Let's take it. Yeah, let's take it. I sometimes got called Fanny at school because I'm Tiffany or Tits and Fanny for people that were very annoying. Um, So um, a chance to dissect Fanny Craddock. But basically there was a Apparently her TV career was shattered, I didn't know this, by a Devon housewife's coffee and cream dessert. So it was on a BBC show called The Big Time, which, you know, you've been there, Lottie, you've done Bake Off. That's the modern equivalent of The Big Time. The Big Time, yeah. And uh, she was very mean to this woman who was just like a home cook um, called Gwen Troke, and she brought out a banquet menu and uh and she physically gagged um (laughs) (laughs) i kind of i kind of like this level of drama though like it sort of reminds me a bit of like vivian westwood i don't know if you've ever seen clips but i once did a clip show about vivian westwood and fashion and one of the clips they showed was where she went on the russell harty show to show her designs off and people were laughing and she was like well i'm going to tell them to to stop coming out if you keep laughing (laughs) like i like it when people take like get like like super affronted at things fanny craddock devon housewife gwen troke the encounter between them was described as corella deville meets bambi by presenter esther ranson and we all know which of those characters had the happier ending 
So is honesty the best policy when it comes to... Um, I mean, you've been very honest on this podcast today. I think I think if this had been I think if this had happened now rather than in the seventies, then Fanny Craddock would have just been even more famous yeah. and given more opportunities because now we have every reality show has a version of someone who's yeah. super mean, a Simon Cowell. I think Fanny was ahead of her time. I totally agree. And um I think that she was she was she was acting up to the part right she was playing a part she was playing the kind of the panto villain and um and i think it was just uh misjudged for the time hilariously um the the devon housewife went on to publish a book um so <laughs> so i think like really she got the last laugh um but yeah i think i think it's interesting isn't it i really appreciate honesty when it comes to, certainly when it comes to my cooking and my baking like i want to hear if you think this recipe is rubbish then uh, let me know do you know what I mean I'd, I'd be really interested to hear that kind of feedback but um I think if you're a Fanny Craddock type character people are, are often going to be a bit scared to say to you actually I, I really disagree with this opinion <laughs> um her eyebrows were something else weren't they where were oh, they well, they were traveling to a to towards heaven yeah yeah that's maybe a good way of describing them yeah. Um, because the fashion obviously is like pluck them into oblivion and redraw them on a yeah. foot well, higher. I mean, we've all been there. Like, do you remember the nineties? Christ, yes. I was I was shaving mine in the nineties, yeah. and I wonder as well again if this like I drag everything back to misogyny. But I imagine if she was if she'd just done that as a man on a TV show, everyone would be like, well, obviously he's a genius. Yeah, and he, he really a, knows what he's talking about. He knows yeah. what he's talking about. He can absolutely destroy someone on television and no one will care. But for a woman doing that, it's the end of yeah. her career. Yeah. Proud home cook Gwen. This is a quote from the from the article, uh, which is devonlive.com. So mm. uh, they're in their corner for their Devonshire, mm-hmm. their Devonshire cook Gwen. Proud home cook Gwen started out with a lovely broad grin as she served up a portion of her beloved family favourite dessert, but things went rapidly downhill as Fanny's clear disdain emerged and her eyebrows raised even higher. <laughs> her eyebrows went off the screen. There was no, there's actually no room for her eyebrows. But, you know, like this is, you know, she says, of course, it's delicious. That's what she says. So the first thing is, is she's doing the positives before she says, but sweetie, it's too sickly after the duck. So she's starting with a positive there. I think that's uh, before you go in with the critique. Let's talk yeah. about what I liked about it, which is quite yeah. nice. Um, yeah. Is it or is that just like a, you're, it's like when someone says no offence, but do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Is it an no offence, but I'm about to be massively racist. <laughs> like that's not, right. not how yeah. it works. Yeah. Gwen boldly fought her corner when Fanny fed her sorbet from a spoon. So Fanny's dessert was something that clears the palate completely. So you disagree with Fanny Craddock on this, right? Would you say that a dessert is not necessarily something to cleanse the palate? Well, the the thing is they'd had duck. So that is very, I mean, I don't know, but I hear that it's very oily, very kind of claggy, very rich. So yeah, a sorbet after that, I'd be on board with that because then you're going on to sweet as a palate cleanser. Right, That's so fine. She's, she's actually correct here. Um, Gwen boldly fought her corner when Fanny fed her sorbet from a soon. She said it was refreshing, but I must admit I like my coffee pudding and this is what I do at home. And then she said, you can forget home cooking when you come into a professional kitchen. <laughs> yeah. I think this is fantastic. Um, 
Bramble jelly, it's used for melting down and brushing flans, my love. Um, so, yeah, you're right. I think the this is where I'm being nice is actually, I'm going to say something really mean. But yeah. like I say, I think, um, and then there's a debate between a, a Devonshire pasty and a Cornish pasty. Oh God. Oh, that's a, that's a nightmare. You can't, you can't be getting involved with that stuff. When we did the show on, on Bake Off, we did Cornish pasties and, oh, I mean, hell hath no fury like a Cornishman <laughs> who, who thinks you've made a Devonshire pasty and called it something else. Honestly, it's What's... all on the crimp. Oh, it's on the crimp. Right. So ostensibly the ingredients and everything else are the same. Yeah, it's all about the crimp. It's all whether you crimp on top or you crimp on the side and then the number of the number of crimps as well. I was at Exeter for university. So I lived in Devon for four years and I thought I knew what a pasty was. Um, But the rivalry between Devon and Cornwall is is I mean, it's it's still yeah, a big deal. Do you know what I mean? It's hardcore. It's hardcore. You, had the, you had the War of the Roses up north, uh, you know, north, between the right, yeah. right, white rose and the red. And yeah. in Devonshire, you have the pasties and yeah. the other one. So this this could go either way now. I have my opinion, and I just recently found out that uh, Lottie and I actually met on an, on a culinary cruise event where I was interviewing her. And uh, also on the cruise uh, was John Tarode and Michelle Rue. I found out that I agree with Michelle. But this is a question for the ages, is when you talk about scones, are you jam or cream first? I'm jam, cream on top. Yeah, so firstly, it's scone. Uh, and secondly, <laughs> and secondly, you spread the cream because that's like the fat. So that's what you'd spread butter on toast. So you spread the cream and then the jam is the topping. Oh, Oh, totally disagree. And and Michelle, in fact, Michelle agrees with me because I'm like, I feel like the jam is a spread and the cream goes on as a dollop. It's like a on top. Yeah. Like when you have a dessert, you like add cream on top or on the side. So I yeah. that's why I feel like jam is the spread. But I don't know which way is Cornwall and which way is Devon. I can't remember and I won't say it on here for fear of getting it wrong. Yeah, we don't want to get cancelled. No. At the end again. of the podcast. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. <laughs> It's time for Angry Aunt. This is where I get angry on behalf of someone who sent me a problem. But this person has sent a problem on behalf of someone else. So uh, this is John Simista on Twitter who said, um, can you clarify? A mum brought up kids as vegetarians. Teenage son wanted to eat meat. She said, okay. Later, he became a veggie again and said she shouldn't have let him eat meat. What should she have done? That's hard. Well, that's about how much autonomy you give your kids, right? Because yeah. if your kid has like expressed a desire to try me, I think I think it's okay. I actually I actually think the mum's I think the mum's done it right here. Do you think? Because she she was like, I think you should be veggie, and I'm bringing you up. But then let him try me to see if it's for him, and then when he comes back, you know, he's back to stay. Yeah. So I was actually brought up vegetarian. Um... So I've actually written this in. It's on behalf of me. <laughs> Imagine. Um, so Did you, I was, bought... was it on a was it on a personalised Valentine's card? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, so I was brought up vegetarian, and when I was thirteen, I was taken to the doctors because I was anemic. Um, ah. So at that point, my parents realised that maybe 
uh, uh, short of me having this horrific medicine, um, which is like this orange tasting uh, syrup that's like very high in iron, which I refuse to take. They sort of (laughs) said, here's a bit of bacon. Here's a bit of, you know, sausages. And let's just introduce it gradually into your diet. Now, I absolutely love it. Anything pig related, I'm in. Yeah. But if you were to put something in front of me like lamb, I hadn't tried that until I was in my late 20s because I'm not like it just doesn't appeal to me. So like meat, like kind of big bits of meat doesn't appeal to me because of how I was brought up. So I've then made the decision in my later years now that if I'm going to eat meat, it will be like, you know, if I can't afford free range meat, I'm not going to eat the meat. Right. Right. I want it to be quality meat that I know is from a decent source, like a good butcher. And if I can't afford it, then I'll, I'll be veggie for the week. It's not a problem. So I think that she absolutely did the right thing in allowing her child to experiment themselves because it's through that, as you say, that autonomy that they're working out what works for them. I don't think you can feel grief for the meat that you ate in the window of meat eating. Do you know what I mean? No. It's done. No, it's done. And also, I think if you'd have said, no, you never will eat meat and I'm going to stop you, I'm going to stop you, I'm going to stop you, then he might have just one day got to 25 and got on a meat purge. Yeah. And then just, you know. He might have, he he have, might have died. Yeah, yeah. He could have, he could have gone absolutely mad yeah. in the other direction. But also, I understand, like, it's personal sort of barriers around stuff like that. Like, my si- sister, and I think this is really funny, if she gets fish and it's got the head on, she can't look at the head on the fit. So she has to put a piece of cucumber over it. <laughs> that just makes it a massive green eye. Yeah, she doesn't want it looking at her when she's eating it. And so I get like, I eat most things. Uh, lamb, I kind of had a moment of, I think for me, spring is such a time of renewal and I find the winter so bleak that I remember traveling to a show one year and I saw little sort of bunnies hopping out and I was like, oh, spring is here. I feel it's like a weight has lifted and we're going on the train past fields and fields and I see little lambs. I saw one lamb Mm. standing on a sheep's back (laughs) and I was like, look at that little lamb. So lamb means springtime and renewal and for me, hope. And then I remember going, oh, I eat that. I'm eating hope. So maybe I just won't eat hope anymore. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But what that means to me. um, And so I think everyone has their own personal sort of boundaries and lines on this. In in the spirit of angry aunt, fuck her son. Fuck him. (laughs) Like, he's going to moan no matter what happens now. You know, listen, he's back being veggie again. It's fine. Like you say, you can't grieve it. She's right. He's wrong. I'm angry for her. Yeah. I think she did a good thing. I think she tried to raise her son in the in the lifestyle to which uh you know she is accustomed and the rest of the family are accustomed let him have a moment of like making his own choices and uh and then he came back he came back to the fold now i do wish like i had lots of hobbies when i was younger and things that i stopped and started part of me wishes that my parents had gone no you're staying with that because <laughs> yeah. now i would be like probably an olympic trampolina i don't even know yeah. if that's trampolinist yeah Yeah. i'd i'd be um a spanish classical guitarist uh, of great renown yes yeah i would be a concerto pianist as well and i would also be uh, a prima ballerina 
Yes. So I did yeah. that for 10 years and yeah. I, I freaked wow. out. I freaked out in the middle of my exam when I went in one day and my parents were, I think I was doing my GCSEs at the same time. So it all became a bit like there was a lot and I blanked and I couldn't remember anything. And uh, apparently I freaked out. So my mum went, mm, no to that now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I felt that was just like letting 10 years go. So um, parents, sometimes if your kid has a hobby, make them stick with it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit of pressure, a bit of friendly pressure. Yeah. Also a bit of a, you know, in 10 years time, you're going to wish that you stuck with this. I mean, it's absolutely just in one ear and out the other, isn't it? But at least as a parent, (laughs) at least as a parent, you feel like you've done, you've done your due diligence, haven't you, at that point? Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much for for coming on and catharsing at me. It uh, has been, honestly, it has been a great pleasure. And I feel, I feel quite calm. Good. Um, so yeah it's been fantastic thank you so much for having me I don't even need to give you any breathing exercises to go away with Uh, what I will ask though is if you have anything to plug because I know you have a book out I do Um, I do Um, yeah so my book is called Baking Imperfect and uh, it pretty much says you know does what it says on the tin it is all about kind of baking uh, not being afraid to mess up laughing at your mistakes going along with it not trying to adhere to this idea of Instagram perfection and thinking oh no I couldn't do that it looks really hard this book is all kind of like keeping it light-hearted trying to make you laugh occasionally and just wanting you to have fun in the kitchen and don't worry about it bottom line who cares as long as it tastes good yes so check that out buy a copy um anything else that you want to mention or just find you on your website or yeah i mean i've just launched a patreon which um i'm absolutely terrified about it's kind of giving giving them all uh behind the scenes uh unfiltered uncensored version of me that i'm not able to put up on instagram without taking my clothes off or getting my feet out yeah it's not only fans it is patreon yeah, Although it's only, only flans, yeah. Only flans, yay! <laughs> and we got a pun for the end. Thank you very much. I would like to say I am on tour starting in May. I will be around the UK. You can get dates for that off my website. You can follow me on Instagram uh, or Twitter where I will put the information up there. I've been Tiff Stevenson. Thank you, Lottie Bedlow, and we will see you next time. Thank you. 
Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code Program.